guys, what is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. You'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of overeating. Principle seven, cope with your emotions without using food. Principle eight, respect your body. Accept your genetic blueprint. Just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect realistically to squeeze into a size six, It is equally futile and uncomfortable to have a similar expectation about body size. Respect your body so you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical of your body shape. I want to make a note on this one. Because it is so true. And I just had this conversation again with a few friends last week. Think about the people in your life who have made you feel the most happy. Or who you've met who seem the most happy. Like who are those people? I guarantee you that the people in your life that you respect the most or that you love the most. It has nothing to do with what they look like. It has everything to do with their personality and who they are. If they're confident in themselves and they know who they are and what they believe, they're comfortable in their own skin, you are, we are all instinctively drawn to people like that. One of my, oh my gosh, one of the people I respect most in the entire world, um, she was one of my youth ministers growing up and she was a little bit older, um, and she was more of a heavy set woman, is more of a heavy set woman. She is so beautiful. She's one of the healthiest people I know. Um, amazing cook. And her body type, she is so cool. Like, she has the most beautiful sense of style I've, like, ever seen in someone. Like, she always looks so good in her clothes because she dresses for her body type and she's confident in herself and she knows her mission on earth and she loves the Lord and I'm just drawn to her. Like people are just drawn to her. And if you think about it, like so many of the saints, like God love them, but they weren't attractive. Like Mother Teresa wasn't an attractive person. Like her joy went so far beyond that. So I really invite you Yes, respect your own body and be confident in yourself because if you love yourself, people are just going to love you too. And think about the people that you love and let that ring true for you. And respect your body. Principle eight. Principle nine. Exercise and feel the difference. Forget militant exercise. Don't work out just because you tell yourself you have to. 
Just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than the calorie burning effect of exercise. If you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energized, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. If when you wake up, your only goal is to lose weight, it's usually not a motivating factor in that moment of time. I love this one. Like, it is so true and it is so freeing. For me, um, there was one summer where I was living with one of my aunts who ran in high school for track and then college I, again, did not do either of those things. My body shut down when I tried to do track because I wasn't taking care of myself, so I didn't have good memories of that. But I lived with her one summer, and I love her. She's amazing. Um, But, like, we would go for these runs together all the time, and I wasn't, like, really respecting my body because, like, my foot started hurting that summer. But I was like, no, I have to work out every day. I have to go for, like, a four-mile run with my aunt. Or, oh, I have to work out on the elliptical for an hour or two hours every day. Do you guys want to know what I did to myself that summer? I got a stressed fracture um, on the tops of one of my feet, which essentially means, like, you could break your foot. Like, if you kept going at that level, like, I could have broken my foot because I was working out too much because I was just trying to lose all this weight. Respect your body. Like, if your body hurts, let it rest. Um, If you, yeah, are super motivated to go for a run one day, go for it. But don't feel like you have to go on a four-mile run if, like, a one-mile run or a three-minute run is all it takes to just feel really good about your body that day and like you feel good doing it and you're not hurting yourself. So notice what kind of exercise you enjoy, what actually makes you happy and focus on how it makes you feel rather than just how it makes you look. Exercise. Feel the difference. Principle nine. And lastly, principle 10. Honor your health with gentle nutrition. Make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel good. Remember that you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection, is what counts. So those are the 10 principles of intuitive eating. I'm going to go through a couple other things that I just feel called convicted to share. Um, And yeah, also comment below with like which principle maybe you'd like to know more about or which one you were just like, yeah, that one sounds really cool of the 10. But now we're going to talk a little bit more in depth on some of them. But first, I want to read this. Your journey back to intuitive eating depends on how long you've been dieting, how strongly entrenched your diet thinking is, how long you've been using food to cope with life, how willing you are to trust yourself, and how willing you are to put weight loss on the back burner 
and learning to become an intuitive eater the primary goal. So be patient with yourself. For me, this has taken an extremely long time to get to, as I've already shared. I first like had this book in hand like five years ago. And I am still to this day sometimes, um, yeah, like stri- striving to become an intuitive eater more and more so. So be patient with yourself. But I, I just want to speak into the fact that like there is hope. Because like I said, like praise be to God, like my weight has stabilized. I actually never even weigh myself anymore because there's no point. I know that, yeah, they might ask you at different things like how much do you weigh? Sure, I give a ballpark estimate, but like I just don't want to be defined by a number. I used to weigh myself multiple times a day, every day. Um, I literally broke the scale at my bathroom <laughs> when I started reading this book because that was one of the like one of the things that um, I once heard in a talk, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And it was just like such a healing exercise of like. This freaking mechanism does not define me. This number doesn't define me. And I'm tired of like being tempted to weigh myself all the time. So I broke my scale and it was amazing. And yeah, like they'll weigh you when you go to the doctor. And sometimes it is still tempting to be like, oh, I weigh more than I used to. Or, oh, this time I lost weight. That's awesome. Like, just offer it up to God in that moment and pray into it. Be like, Lord please don't let this number define me. Like, help me to see myself as more than just a figure. Literally. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Um, Because you are. And I am. And we're worth it. So, um, the first thing I want to go into a little bit more depth on is principle four, which was about challenging the food police. So, it can be really easy to have these thoughts in your head. Maybe some of them are um, familiar to you. Like, sorry, give me one second. I lost my place. Um, yeah, thoughts like, how can you eat that? I thought you were trying to lose weight. Like, the food police isn't just in your own head. Like, they're not just in your own head. It's well-meaning family and friends. Like, people who know you want to lose weight or look different and they're like going to call you out on it. And it can be so, so disheartening. But just because someone makes an inappropriate comment does not make it true. Yes, it can shed seeds of doubt as you begin to explore a new eating world that runs counter to the doctrine of fat phobia orthodoxy in this nation, but it's worth it. I cannot tell you how many times in my life I love them, but well-meaning family and friends have said things like this to me. And it is soul-crushing. It is. And, like, how hard it's been since I've started this journey to, like, try to share with those people more about intuitive eating and how it heals me. And almost all of them have been skeptical and, like, don't enter into it with me and don't give me the time of day. And I watch them as they continue to try diets and they don't work and they gain back all their weight and more. Um, But in those moments, I just encourage you, like, lead by example. As long as you are at peace with yourself and, like, the Lord is healing you in this way, don't be concerned with what anyone else is doing. Just 
stay rooted here and keep going. Because I did. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how much hope there is in the end and how worth it is and how the Lord really does want to help you and heal you. It might just take time. Again, depending on how long this has taken for you. So, this might also be familiar to you. This food talk. You might hear things like, sweets are bad for you. I shouldn't eat anything after 6 p.m. You should take in zero grams of fat. Walking three times a week won't do me any good. If I eat breakfast, it'll just make me eat more throughout the day. Dairy products are bad for you. I shouldn't have any salt. Beans are fattening. Bread is fattening. Everything is fattening. Those are things that the food police can say. And it is so annoying. It is so annoying. Um, I'm going to read more just because <clears throat> I relate to this and I'm sure many of you do too. Don't eat at night. Therefore, if you eat at night, you're guilty of a violation. Better not eat that bagel. It's fattening. Too many carbs. You didn't exercise today. Better not eat dinner. It's not time to eat yet. Don't have that snack. You ate too much. Always. It's important to remember that even when you reject dieting and begin to make peace with food, the food police will often surface. But it's not always obvious, just like a weed cut above the surface. A weed that is strongly rooted can easily flourish even when there are no green tendrils peeking through the soil. Meaning that, yeah, like you try to cut the weed out, but if you don't get to the root of the problem, it's not going to be helpful. So basically, how the food police hurts. It scrutinizes every eating action, and it keeps food in your body at war. And it's just like constant criticizing so that's why it is so, so important to challenge the food police. Um, and one way, give me one second, sorry again. Yeah, and so one way to do that is learning to speak to yourself with like that gentle inner voice, like that loving inner voice. Um, the way that it's like compared, like some people will compare it. Like that soothing quality that might come from the voice of like a, a grandparent or a best friend. So whoever like tends to speak truth most into your life or love most into your life, like I want you to picture that person speaking these things to you, okay? This is how an intuitive eater speaks to him or herself. That little rumble in my stomach means I'm hungry and need to eat. What do I feel like eating for dinner tonight? What sounds good to me? It feels so good to be out of that dieting prison. Those are all pretty simple, but they're statements that tell you about your gut reactions. They're instinctual and hit you out of nowhere without your having to think about them. You'll find that you'll be in the midst of a meal and the intuitive eater voice knows that you're satisfied. Or you'll be doing some writing and a hunger pang will emerge. Or maybe your eyes lock onto the food on the menu that connects with your craving. When you've reached the last stages of your path to intuitive eating, 
the intuitive eater rather than the dieter will prevail most of the time. But there will be times when you find that you'll need to evoke one or all of the positive eating voices to help you get centered and in touch with your intuitive eater once again. There are no rigid rules in this process. Diets are rigid. Intuitive eating is fluid and adapts to the many changes in your life. So go with the flow without trying to control it. That's principle four. Another one I really want to get into is the principle about coping with your emotions without using food. So here are just some really great tips that the, that this book gives for meeting your needs without food. So, some examples. Getting rest. Getting sensual pleasure. Expressing feelings. Being heard, understood, and accepted. Being intellectually and creatively stimulated. And receiving comfort and warmth. And here are like more concrete examples for each of those. So as far as like seeking nurturance, if that's what you need. Rest and relax. Take a sauna or a jacuzzi. Listen to soothing music. Take time to breathe deeply. Learn to meditate. Pray. Play cards with friends. Play a bubble bath in candlelight. Take a bubble bath in candlelight. Take a yoga class. Get a massage. Play with your dog or cat. Develop a network of friends. Ask friends for hugs. Buy yourself little presents. Put fresh flowers in your house. Spend time gardening. Get a manicure, pedicure, facial, haircut, etc., And then dealing with your feelings, more so, um, some ideas. Write your feelings in a journal. Call a friend or several. Talk about your feelings into a tape recorder or like a voice memo on your phone. Release anger through pounding a pillow or a punching bag. Confront the person who's triggering your feelings. Let yourself cry. Breathe deeply. Sit with your feelings and discover how the intensity will diminish with time. If you have trouble identifying your feelings or coping with them, it may be helpful to talk with a therapist, especially if it is a persistent issue. Again, as I said, I cannot recommend counseling enough. If you have the opportunity and ability to go, just go. And I really also recommend finding a solid Catholic counseling center because these centers will also be able to like bring God into the process, which is absolutely necessary. And then for finding like a different distraction, if that would be helpful, read an absorbing book, rent a movie, talk on the telephone, go to the movies, take a drive, clean out your closet, put on some music and dance, look through a magazine, take a stroll around the block, work in the garden, listen to an audio novel, 
do a Sudoku or a crossword puzzle, work on a jigsaw puzzle, play on the computer or your iPad or iPhone, or take a nap. All of those are really good and I can testify to them. So, those are just some ideas for how to cope with your emotions without using food. And then getting into one of the last principles I want to expand upon. I know that this is really long, but again, just feel really called to share because all of this was really helpful for me and I hope there's at least one person the Lord wants to reach through this. So the principle about respecting your body, um, again, using like that kind inner voice, instead of focusing on what you don't like about your body, find parts of your body that you like or at least tolerate. Start simple. Perhaps you like your eyes or your smile. We've had clients who could only find one body part that they didn't like, did not dislike, such as their wrist or ankle. That's okay. It's a beginning. Every time you catch a mean body thought, disarm it. Replace it with that voice in your head and with a kind body statement that you truly believe, such as, I like my smile. So instead of saying something like, my thighs are too big, replace it with the positive statement, I like my muscular calves. That's cool. If you think you have a lot of acne or maybe you think my stomach's too big, something like that, replace it with a positive statement. I really like my hair. If you find though that you can't even say you like a part of your body, maybe try respectful statements. So instead of, I can't stand my legs, replace it with the respectful statement of, I'm thankful to have legs that can move my body and that I can walk on. Or instead of my body is so out of shape, try the respectful statement, my body got me to school. My body got me to work. I've been supporting my family while finishing my degree. So it's hard to work out all the time. Or I'm in college, so I really need to study tonight. And maybe you can study while you work on the elliptical, but if you know yourself and that's not helpful for you, it, it is a better idea than to like stay in and study and do well on your test. So at least respect yourself. And always be honest with yourself, even if you can't authentically say, I like something. Slowly but surely work your way there. Ask other people too. People that you trust and love and are good and kind to you. Um, ask them, what do you like about me? What do you think is good about me? Maybe they can help you build those statements. But maybe... In that situation, it's better not to put them on the spot so that you don't feel like they're scrambling. Maybe say, I'm really struggling with how I look. Will you please make me a list of what you like about me or what you think God has like created me good as? And then keep that list. And then you can like add to it with other people's things and just read it over and over and over to yourself and let yourself experience that truth 
because those people can probably see you more easily than you can see yourself, especially in a mirror. And then on the point of honoring your health with gentle nutrition, that principle, I just want to say one thing. They define healthy eating. What healthy eating actually is, is having a healthy balance of foods and having a healthy relationship with food. Having a healthy relationship with food means you're not morally superior or inferior based on your eating choices. Eating selection is not a reflection of your character. So healthy eating, having a healthy balance of foods, and having a healthy relationship with food. And there is hope in this regard. Oh my goodness gracious. This might have been the longest episode I've made yet. It, is, it was exhausting, you guys. I just want you to know I'm exhausted right now. And I'm actually super hungry because I hoped that this was only going to take 20 minutes. And so I've not eaten lunch yet. And it's like after three, and I'm very, very hungry. So I'm going to honor myself and my body by going to eat right now. Um, and I just really encourage you, if this is something that you're struggling with, seek help and seek the healing that you need. Again, if any of the things that I was reading out of this book struck you, order it, order it, order it, order it. Um, it truly has changed my life and healed me. If you have any other questions or comments, please, yeah, please leave them in the comments below. I would love to help you more in this regard because I know that, yeah, someone helped me at one point and I want to pay that forward because I know that this is something that so, so many people struggle with. Um, and I just want to thank you for making it this far if you have, because I know this was an extremely long episode, but all for the greater glory of God. (laughs) Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys, and we'll see you back here again soon. I pray health and healing over each and every one of you, and God's abundant blessings and peace. See you soon. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing Joy and Hope full-time, bringing you the inspiring creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.